just seemed like uh, a minute ago that Yara was sitting in the room and now she's somewhere in space. Uh, Shakti has joined us. Edie is there. Welcome all of you. Um, may the Buddhas and ancestors share with us their compassion which fills the boundless universe with the virtue of their enlightenment and teaching. Compassion, enlightenment, dharma, they're all together. They're all the same thing. Uh, we talked about Buddha nature in these lectures, uh, compassion, enlightenment, dharma, Buddha nature, they're all the same thing. And this compassion fills the entire universe. It's, um, we're not separate from it. We are compassion, enlightenment, dharma, Buddha nature. Uh, this is our true body we've talked about. And, and um, uh, the fifth ancestor, Karen Alnikolnian, is going to tell us that again today. May the Buddhas and ancestors share with us their compassion, which fills the boundless universe with the virtue of their enlightenment and teachings. Um, so uh, for the sake of Dee and Rick, uh, of course, you know, this is Buddha's enlightenment session for seven days. So uh, we're chanting the ancestors in the morning again. We've, we've certainly done that before, but we're doing it all seven days. And um, uh, we're going over uh, some of the ancestors each day in the lectures.
in the main books that have come down to us that give the history of our of our uh, ancestors and our lineage, our transmission of the light. Uh, this there's many of these lists and stories of the Buddhas called the transmission of light. This one is uh, with commentaries by Kazan, the, the third ancestor after Dogen, uh, who did commentaries on each of the male ancestors up to Dogen, from Buddha to Dogen. Uh, this Kazan, you know, uh, Dogen is the founder of our school in Japan, and we inherited that tradition from Suzuki. Um, Kazan is, is considered the co-founder um, a few generations later. He actually popularized it with the lay community in uh, Japan. Dogen, whose, whose great book Shobo Genzo was largely taught in monasteries, uh, Kazan brought in lay people and women into uh, this Soto practice and set up a, um, women, women's monasteries. And this, if, if the Shobogenzo was Dogen's great work, uh, the transmission of light was Kazan's great work. Great work. So, 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 so this, is, this is one of the key texts in our school. And, uh, and then in, in the last uh, 20 years, uh, uh, we've also been studying the women ancestors who are less well documented, but the scholars have been, been working hard uh, knowing that uh, for centuries and generations, uh, women have been practicing uh, right along with the men and women teachers have been teaching right along with the men. And so uh, uh, there are many books uh, talking about the teaching of the women teachers over the centuries. And uh, we've been using, not this one, we've been using um, The Hidden Lamp, which came out about a decade ago, um, uh, easily available. That uh, tells uh, koans and teachings of generations of women sotos and women Buddhist teachers. Um, and then a few years ago, this book came out, Living Buddha Zen, uh, which is by Lex Hickson was quite a spiritual being, quite a spiritual seeker and writer and poet. Uh, and he sat down with his Zen teacher, Bernie Glassman, um, and uh, went over each one of the male ancestors in this book. And the two of them studied Kazan together uh, at each meeting. And he wrote his own poetic commentary, some of which 
beautiful. You know, they're not so different from, I mean, they tell the same stories as Kazan, but uh, because he's such a lexics and is such a poet and such a uh, great writer, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a nice companion piece. Lex Hickson was born in 1941 on the East Coast and was just always a spiritual seeker. And uh, he majored in uh, religion or philosophy at Yale and got his PhD in comparative religions at Columbia and uh, then had a radio show in New York City. Uh, like, we've got one. Uh, John Malkin uh, does a radio show on K-Squid. You're a friend of John Malkin. He used to live next door. Uh, uh, and, uh, and Catherine knows him quite well. And uh, so he had a, a weekly show on spiritual, called In the Spirit. I like that. Uh, and he, and it, you know, uh, John Malcolm, of course, uh, interviewed Catherine uh, several times for articles or, or radio shows. Uh, uh, I guess when you're living in New York, you get to interview. On his show, he had people like um, the Dalai Lama and Naizumi Roshi, and uh, of course Bernie Glassman. Uh, he had. Uh, Many, uh, Mother Teresa uh, gave an interview on In the Spirit. Mother Teresa, you're in the spirit. <laughs> I can just sort of hear it now. <laughs> but uh, so, so, so he did that for a couple of years. And then, then he uh, studied Sufism and, and, uh, and Islam and became a Sufi master. He led the American Dervish Society for several years. Uh, then he and his wife went to a Eastern Orthodox um, uh, seminary for three years uh, for this deep dive into Orthodox Christianity. And then uh, he studied with Bernie Glassman Bernie Glassman ordained him as a Zen priest. Uh, his, his underlying philosophy was um, all religions are the same. All religions speak the same faith. This uh, self that is nothing but um, uh, the source or is nothing but Jesus, or that is nothing but um, uh, the God. Um, they uh, and and that everyone uh, has that God nature. Everyone is, as Zen would say, everyone is that God nature, or as we say, Buddha nature, or as we say, enlightenment or compassion, or love. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I have to believe him. He did, he did a deep dive into all these traditions and says, you know, I've heard this before. 
that every every one is 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 on this parallel path. Uh, uh, so uh, so I'll, I'll I'll read some of, some of his commentaries on, on, on stiff ancestor diamond Coleman show you know the fifth ancestor we know famously was the one who had the monastery and said uh, I'd like all of you monks to write a poem of your understanding and uh, in the back of the room was the was uh, was the young fellow pounding rice um, and um, waning was pounding rice for the monastery. He wasn't a monk. And, uh, and so, of course, the, the end of that story is the, the illiterate rice pounder uh, wrote the best poem. He had to have somebody write it for him on the wall uh, and was secretly given transmission to be the sixth ancestor Wei Neng. So so we know we know the fifth ancestor because he he was Wei Neng's teacher and uh, transmitted the Dharma to Wei Neng. Isn't that the China? Yeah yeah the, the fifth ancestor in China. Yes the fifth yeah. No no I'm talking about the fifth ancestor in China. Not the very first. So, so thanks for clarifying. This was in in the six hundreds in China. You know, Bodhidharma was considered the first Chinese ancestor, and and then Wei Neng was the sixth. So, so this is um, thank you for clarifying in the six hundreds um, Christian era. Um, so. Uh, but the fifth ancestor had auspicious beginnings. Uh, uh, you know, where, which lifetime should I start? The, the fourth ancestor, let's start with the fourth ancestor. Dai Doshin Dai Osho. The fourth ancestor had an elderly monk who was ready for transmission, ready to, to be the next Buddha next ancestor. And uh, Dai Doshin felt that this monk was too old and wouldn't be able to teach long enough to have another ancestor. And we're already talking about, uh, you know, the procreation here. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so this, the fourth ancestor said to this monk, uh, uh, in your next lifetime, you will be my student. And, uh, and lo and behold, upon the death of this elderly monk, uh, seven years later, there was this odd-looking homeless boy, homeless boy and his homeless mother. Uh, this odd-looking boy had all but seven of the 32 marks of the Buddha, which kind of makes you look odd. <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a fleshy protuberance at the top of your head as one of the marks. Your earlobes are very long. 
and uh, we won't go into the penis. But he got all but seven of them. And, uh, and, and the fourth ancestor, Daiyudoshin, took notice and said to this young boy. The, so the boy was homeless with his mother. Um, and uh, the mother did some weaving, did some spinning. Uh, to, earn a little money. Uh, so the boy, you know, didn't have a family last name, didn't have a last name. So the, so the, the fourth ancestor said to him, uh, what's your name? And he says, I have no name. Uh, just to go into the weeds a little bit, um, according to uh, the translators here, name in Chinese is, they said, X-I-N, Shin. Do you pronounce that Shin? Um, what is your Shin? What is your name? And the boy said, I have no name. I have nature, which is another character in Chinese, but is pronounced X-I-N-G, Shin. It's, so they're both, so, so, so they're playing with words here. The boy says, I have no name, meaning last name. But he says, I have nature. And what's, what's the name of your nature? And the young Buddha-like, Buddha-looking child said, it's Buddha nature. And, uh, and of course, the fourth ancestor knew he was on to something big here. <laughs> This precocious, very bright, well-trained youngster must be this um, reincarnation of, the, of his elderly, of his elderly monk that had died. So, uh, so with that, um, uh, the young boy was invited into the monastery and ordained. Chinese ancestor um, who discovered uh, another another chimera. Um, the sixth ancestor, of course, was uh, was in the lower classes and was just sort of a rice pounder for the monastery. So, so, so that's uh, a lineage. Fifth ancestor wanted to continue with of looking for bright people that didn't have uh, a lot of the opportunities that uh, others had. So uh, I am nameless, um, but I am Buddha nature. Is kind of Lexicon.
writes about this process of studying Zen from, from our teachers and then passing Zen on to the next to the next generation. He says, uh, light can be poured only into light. Essential Buddha nature, Lex Hickson calls Buddha nature awakeness. Essential awakeness is poured into only essential awakeness. He describes Buddhahood and being a bodhisattva. You know, bodhisattvas are Buddhas that have taken a vow, like we have, not to uh, go directly to Tushita heaven, but to stay in the Saha world, in this worldly life, to... Uh, liberate others from suffering. So, um, so Lex Hickson says of Buddhahood and, and Bodhisattva practice, Buddhahood is a lot more than realizing non-duality. It is an infinite pouring forth to innumerable beings, to each one uniquely and intimately. What exactly is poured? Light must be poured into light. Um, and this Lex Hickson is pointing out that we are already nothing but Buddha nature already. So what is this light pouring into light? And of course, you know, let's, you know, we had such a rainy morning, those little rain buckets are all full again. Uh, you, you've seen them, the downspout at the corner of your uh, office there, the, right outside the yoga sewing room. They're all full, and yet, Water keeps pouring into it, and and uh, and the next bucket gets filled up, even though it's already filled. The next bucket, the next generation, is getting this um, this water. And uh, Lex, uh, we want to change metaphors here. Uh, Lex Hickson says, uh, "This is this is a." This is Buddha nature. Uh, the, us bodhisattvas uh, that are here saving all beings, we're, we're, we're saving beings that are already filled with, with Buddha nature, already living in the universe of compassion, awakeness, enlightenment, love, and, you know, to put it simply, maybe our job is just to keep reminding 
the next generation that they're already full that they, 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 they're surrounded by love and compassion and to be sure to keep passing that on to the to the next generation and we do that according to Lexis to or innumerable beings intimately face to face so this is um it's uh, uh that's how we like to meet each other um intimately no different um no uh no i've been a buddhist uh, sitter for many years now so i know a little bit about the nature that I want to, I want to pass on to you. You know this, none of this. You know I know something, and and uh, let me tell you something that you don't know. Uh, you meet people uh, because you know that they are nothing but compassion, love, Buddha nature. They're filled to the brim already. You're meeting them, uh, light light to light, face to face, um, no separation, intimately. Um, and that's our practice over and over again. Uh, when uh, when uh, Ajiko passes me the incense, that's our, that's our warm hand to warm hand, body to body. When um, the server comes around with the uh, pot of food and puts it in our bowl, that's our intimate face-to-face -face meeting. Um, uh, the, the, the water from one bucket going into the bucket of the next person, uh, may we all realize the emptiness of server, receiver, and gift. Uh, that's, that's this, that's the innumerable beings. Uh, every moment we, we are meeting a new, another being, another unique being a unique face with a unique body but we're meeting the true self that is no different than than, than the true self of um, Patrick uh, so it's true self meeting true self it's light being poured into light uh, we have this opportunity we have this opportunity uh, again and again to meet that way, what a what a what a gift that is, and uh, and uh, to to have that kind of intimacy with with the, the clerks we meet at the store, with um, with uh, our children's teachers, uh, with our children, with our with our spouses, can we meet them again and? 
all of these innumerable beings uh, as true self meeting true self, as um, the emptiness of giver, receiver, and gift, as light meeting light. We just read about the compassion of our teachers and ancestors filling the entire universe. Uh, Kazan writes much the same thing. All sentient beings are naturally immersed in timeless meditation full expression of reality. What a great what a great definition of reality. You know, we might think that uh, reality is this something hard, something firm. We might think that uh, that reality is my name Patrick. That uh, over there, her real name is D. Over here, her real name is Liz. Uh, we, uh, but um, but Kazan reminds us that reality is this compassion that fills the universe. That reality is the true self, nothing but compassion, love, enlightenment, emptiness, Buddha nature. That's that's reality, and um, we get uh, reminded of that in our in uh, uh, Kazan calls it uh, you know this uh, this uh, little this meditation this timeless meditation this timeless samadhi. Um, we sit here period after period in Sashin, in this timeless samadhi, remembering moment after moment uh, our true self, our Buddha nature. Um, it's no different than, um, than the person whose shoulder is just a few inches away. That's, that's, what, that's why I think that, you know, we hear over and over again uh, in these silent uh, retreats that people just say, you know, I just feel so so close to this person next to me. I mean, we are close physically, but you know, I just I just feel such compassion for their for their practice, uh, how they supported me. I, I feel so much support sitting next to them. Uh, I, I feel so much support for uh, for how people are carefully learning the um, Serving roles, the bell ringing roles, the incense passing roles. This supports my practice so much. I just, uh, I, I'm in love with all of you. And, uh, and that comes out of because we're reminding ourselves um, period after period, meditation, hour after meditation. Of 
the compassionate universe that we are doesn't feel that way, that's our mindfulness bell to, uh, it says, oh, we're all the same here. We all have the same nature. There's no good people and bad people out there. Maybe some people are forgetting that they're full up. And so, I've taken vows to meet innumerable beings, each one uniquely and intimately. And so, uh, so with our two-hand clapping practice, if we're using another metaphor that we talked about, we're going to roll up our sleeves and address the suffering uh, that uh, is clouding our view of the compassionate universe. There isn't bad people and good people. There isn't something else that, that, that people are doing. Um, like Sixon said, freedom from something else is what constitutes the wonder of Zen. Freedom from thinking that there's somebody out there doing something bad um, is our practice. And it's a great freedom. Uh, and can we approach the illusion of evil with our compassionate hearts and minds? two-hand clapping, sleeves rolled up, and say, can I, can I become more intimate? Can I, can I, become, can I uh, look you uh, right in the face? Can I shake your warm hand? And uh, let's talk about the, what it looks like to cut through that. That's our, that's, that's our practice that Lex Hickson writes about. old monk was reborn to become the fifth ancestor living boy. He was reborn to plant living Buddhas. He emptied himself of names by becoming nameless. Each Buddha ancestor must be born anew. Each successor is the new Shakyamuni. In this spiritual path, there is no father, just like the, uh, just like uh, the fifth ancestor without the father. There is no father. The only mother is 
limitless awareness, Prajna Paramita, mother of all Buddhas. And uh, we chanted the hymn to Prajna Paramita this morning as well, and that homage to the Prajna Paramita of wisdom, the lovely, the holy, the perfection of wisdom gives life. And, and uh, so, uh, so, in, 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 so in Buddhism, uh, Buddhas come out of the mother, Prajna Paramita, before uh, Paramita, we, we learned uh, means before thought means um, clear knowing is another another, uh, is another translation there is a name this is Kazan there is a name that is not received from the father that is not inherited from patriarch our real name is awakeness, is Buddha nature, according to the writings of Max Hickson, writes so well. Even though face after face and body, this is Kazan, even though face after face and body after body is different, never a moment are you lacking in completely clear knowing Buddha nature. Never for a moment, even though we all look different, uh, never for a moment are you lacking in completely clear knowing. This is clear from the present story of hypnosis. You must understand that this body is not the five aggregates, you know, form, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness. The, the, the Buddha says that this Temporal body is this personality of Patrick is made up of those five things. This body, five part, this true body is not the five aggregates. There is nothing at all besides the true self. There is not an instant when you are different from the true self. All sentient beings have eternally been immersed in this meditation of ultimate reality, of Buddha nature, of compassion and love. Kazan's verse at the end of each story, moon bright, water pure, the autumn sky clear. How can a speck of cloud mark this immense purity? immense purity of uh, 
universe of compassion. There is nothing of it that clouds it. It is a, it rains on us every day. This compassionate universe reminds us that we're full up. We're never away from this true self, this true Buddha body. May our practice remind us of the clear, fresh, pure rain in which we dwell. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Being